Good Friday morning, guys. I'm Jerry Miller, and this is Real Talk with Keith Smith. Thank you kindly for joining us. It's a pleasure to connect with you guys through our studio in downtown Charlottesville. Today's program is going to be filled with data, education, entertainment, and enlightenment on today's Friday edition of Real Talk with Keith Smith. Judah Wickhauer, our director, one programming note, our star Keith Smith is heading to St. Martin tomorrow. So he returns in the middle of December uh, to Real Talk with Keith Smith. But we have many capable and talented guest hosts. And better. That will um, join us in his steed. Judah Wickhauer is our... Oh, stat. Thank you. Uh, no one heard you since your mic wasn't on, nor was it in front of him. No, it was in front of him. But it just wasn't on. Yeah. What was that? What, can you say that again for us, sir? Stead. Stead. And his stead. Thank Voice you very of God. much. Voice stead. of God. Uh, Judah Wickhauer, if we can go to the studio camera and welcome Keith Smith and the Woody Fincham to the program. Gentlemen, a Friday good morning to you. Good, good morning. morning. The in capitals, by the way. The Woody Fincham. It's like the Ohio State University, the Woody Fincham. Um, realtors watching the program, I see them already. But gentlemen, where would you like to start? So I will, I'll just kick off, and we're going to let Woody jump in because I know he's been crunching some exciting numbers. And today's big data day, and we love data. Uh, I love data. The, uh, but, you know, we, we, this time last year, I actually went back and w- looked at the tape. Is that, is that a thing now? Is it a tape or you digital? You can call that. It's a, it's, it's a phrase. Yeah, okay. it still works. So it I works. went back and looked at the tape. In, in December of last year, we were saying that the, the sales count, the amount of units sold for this year, for 2023, would match 2015. And we'll, we'll let uh, the uh, Woody Fincham talk a little bit about that. But we're right at exactly within uh, three or four units difference from 2015. So I was just curious your take on that, and we can jump on it from there. I mean, that's essentially exactly the same thing. Um, so uh, sounds like uh, someone was right. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, what is it? A blind squirrel finds a finds an finds an acorn. But if what's if the, you wouldn't mind, Judah, what's I, the, I didn't uh, label him. A broken clock's right twice a day. Yeah. Uh, what, what, which which slide is that? I think it's, I think it's my slide one. Okay. We'll put that on screen over Sorry there. Sorry about that. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, it, when you take a look at it, you'll see the nice arc of, uh, <clears throat> of sales. You know, we kind of went up to 2020 and then took a dive back down, and we're kind of ending 2023 where we were at in 2015. But if you take a look at the parallel lines of the median sales price and the average sales price. Now, I'll add some some quantifier to this. This is everything. This is the car footprint. This is Augusta. This is Buckingham. This is the cities of Waynesboro, Stanton. It's everything. Single family, detached, attached, condos, new construction. This is the market on whole. And for the longest time, we were only looking at car. And I'm now starting to look at the other side of the hill in Buckingham because that's kind of where the sales are going Yeah. when we start taking a look at it. But, you know, I, I wanted to track the the median and the average sales. And, you know, not exact numbers, but it looks like they're running pretty parallel. Yeah. I didn't see that much of a divergence from it. So why don't you talk a little bit about the importance of that, that, that average and median are kind of tracking the same. Well, I mean, it makes sense that they would be. Um, we, it just shows that... Um I mean, the difference between median and, and, and uh, average are just basically median's not as affected by the outliers as much. So it's usually a better number to, to run, uh, especially when you're dealing with this much data because you're dealing with a, a lot of disparate markets. So, but I mean, I'm looking at it, it definitely is running parallel. There's no question there. And that's what I was, that's the reason I did this this morning. I wanted to see if there was any divergence between averages. And, and pendings, and it seems now. Keep in mind, this is only October and November, right? So I'm I'm looking at the first two thirds right. of the fourth quarter, uh, and a little announcement, by the way, uh, the good Dr. Lisa is agreed to January fifth. Lisa awesome. Sturman in the house, January fifth. Physically, 5th. Here, physically here. Yeah. Oh my gosh, uh, car agents, you're going to want to put that on your calendar. The fifth of January, the chief economist for Bright on Real Talk with Keith Smith. That's yeah. Right? That's big time. Uh, uh, that's that's big, big time. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, she's a lot of fun and uh, brings, a, you know, she don't hold back. 
No, I she know. Tells, she tells you what she's thinking. Well, what, uh, one of my favorite things, and I'll throw it to Woody, um, and you can go anywhere you want. One of my favorite things of uh, Dr. Sturdivant is she sees things not through rose-colored glasses. Uh, she is, uh, I've, I've heard economists speak, and I won't mention anyone. The mayor just walked by. You saw him, Woody, there. I did. Uh, I've heard uh, economists speak, and depending on who their employers are, the commentary is, I don't want to say skewed, but encouraged or influenced by their employer. In Dr. Sturdivant's case, that is not the case. That's not the case. She's always been like that. So yeah, She's I'm, frank. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, economists in general are there. The, it's the dismal science, right? So they have to... Uh, some of them have to have uh, better bedside manner than others because their job's political, I guess is a, a, one way to say it. Uh, Dr. Sturdivant definitely, uh, you know, she takes the gloves off and gives you the data. I mean, and, de- and lets the data tell the story rather than trying to lead the story, I think. So, so Woody, what the folks that are watching and listening, yeah. realtors in particular, you crunched a little bit of numbers this morning. What, what, do you, what, do you, what do you want them to take away from today's conversation? Zeke Mora is curious. He's oh. in Newport News. William Whitley is curious. I see realtors from, let's see, Real Estate 3, Long and Foster, Nest, Keller Williams, another Real Estate 3, Howard Hanna on the program wow. right now. Real Estate 3, jo- join us. And all the agents watching, join us in the conversation. Woody, the show is yours. I got a great cross section of folks there. Um, so what, one of the things that I noticed when I was looking at my data this morning is that it really does look like we're heading back into a very seasonality-oriented market. You know, the, the where the, where the winter is going to be a little bit slower. It, and uh, the data you sent over yesterday, Keith, was really interesting. Um, well, I forget the company. So uh, it's um, I'm, I'm looking it up while you're doing it. Please, please chat a little bit. The um, you know. That, their data is showing seasonality is returning nationally, but yeah, I think yeah. locally we're seeing it as well. Um, we, I, a couple of charts I ran this morning, um, we did active listings days on market, and then the last 90 days um, uh, days on market, and it looks like we're seeing a lengthening in the active market stuff. And, Judah, if you've got those slides, we've got um, – slide five is the one that I wanted to really emphasize this morning. Mm-hmm. Larry Ellis, we'll get to your comments in a matter of moments. One of the uh, talented appraisers in our country has got questions. Woody, show is yours. So um, if you look here, you see that there's a strong uptick in days on market for active listings. And this is active listings as of right now or as of this morning at about 7 o'clock. And we really jumped up. And I'll leave that on there just for a minute for everybody to kind of take it in that's watching. But um, if we could switch back over to slide 3, what I want everybody to look at is the difference between the, the closed sales days on market versus how many we've got, how many days on market we've got for actives. And uh, this is, um, it's a big jump. And what it's showing you, and not, the noise in the data that we, we have to talk about a little bit, it's the, it's the elephant in the room, is that the current active market is the ones that are really high days on market are going to basically be the ones that are struggling the most. Maybe not the best condition, maybe they're overpriced kind of deal. But I think what it's leading to is that um, we're going to see you know that happening across the board from now until probably, what, about March, you think? You so know, you're basically saying we're returning to a seasonal market. To a normal market, yeah. To a normal market. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. That's different from what you've said in the past. Yeah, I... I and I think the uh, the debate to have Woody is, you know, we're we're talking about DOMs, right? Yeah. And and is there and this is something Lisa and I were talking about. Is there a new reality on DOMs? In other words, it used to be ninety days DOM, something like that. That's when it kind right. of moved from a seller's market to excuse me, from a buyer's market uh, to a seller's market, or a seller's market to a buyer's market, right? I don't think it's that any longer. I think no. it's closer to maybe 60 days or so. 45, 60. 45, 60 days. Yeah. So I think that's important to, to kind of chat a little bit about because those of us that are long in the tooth and been around the business for a couple of dec- few decades, you know, we, we've got 90 days in our head. And, yeah. and, you know, we're currently at, again, for the car footprint, roughly 32 on Sure. On on average, and seven on median. Those right? are closed sales, correct? These are closed yeah. sales, right? So I know you're looking at a moving a moving target. I'm just looking at closed sales for for the moment. 
But yeah, I, I, I honestly, I honestly think we're going to see things pick up because the interest rates dropped a little bit, or it's being stable anyway. We're getting a bunch of phone calls for, for the agents who are watching. Maybe they can. We got a broker talking, e a mortgage e broker. E echo, echo that. Um, you know, back on the, the good Dr. Lisa Sturvin, where I read an article this morning in uh, RAS Media that you know she's projecting about six and a half uh, to kind of float out for for 2024, which I think is a safe bet. Some people think a little lower. I think six and a half is a good good safe bet on it. But, you know, I, I, I really think you're going to see more buyers come into market. You're definitely not going to have a lot of inventory. I don't, I don't think you're going to see a huge spike in inventory. No, I don't either. Um, but, I mean, I don't think we're disagreeing at all. I think the, the strong delta shift that I'm showing on this one chart, I think, is just an, a, an indicator that the market's starting to head back to the seasonality thing which means that you, it's going to look strong right now, but it doesn't. Because, you know, you're talking 90 days being the old normal. Well, the chart that I just, we just put up it stops at 80 days. It doesn't even go all the way to 90. So the, so the article you were referring to, I just wanted to make sure I got the pronunciation yeah. right. It's ATOM, A-T-T-O-M. Right. And uh, this is the national firm. They generally look at all the uh, real estate data. They kind of focus, they used to focus a lot on foreclosures, mm -hmm. but since that is like non-existent, they pivoted to this. So what they did, and I emailed over to Judah a little uh, infographic. Uh, that infographic is so minuscule that it cannot be shown. Okay, got it. That it's the Dis uh, disregard resolution of. Uh, got it. Yeah, got it. But what it talks about, and 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 if anybody's interested, they can DM me and I'll send it to them. It talks. I about, couldn't. I couldn't see it. Got it. Yeah. It talks about um, best days to buy. Don't. The, the, the best day to, to buy, believe it or not, is January 9th because that's when the values are the best. And as you go through the, the month of the year, it talks about, uh, you know, when's the best day. It's a pretty awesome th awesome study. So if anybody's interested, we can go ahead and send them the link. I'm, I'm a member of Adam, so I can, I can send it out. But it's, it's from uh, Michael Buchensky hey, talking Michael. about rates. Uh, First Heritage Mortgage. Buchensky is fantastic at what he does with First Heritage Mortgage. Coach B, we've dubbed him on the program. He says, seasonal, it will be seasonal until rates drop. Expectations are mortgage rates will settle back into the 5% mm -hmm. in 2024. Yeah, I, I that will be right. key for stimulating the market as folks with those 2%, 3%, and 4% rates will feel better going from those to a 5-ish percent rate versus a 7% rate. Better times are coming, Coach B says. First Heritage Mortgage, Mike Buchensky. He also says when rates move, inventory will move as well. Well, welcome to the program, Gracie Haynes. She's watching the show right now. We'll welcome Kay, uh, Caitlin Mancini to the program, Gary Palmer to the program, Lindsay Beltron to the program, real estate investor um, Seth Liskey watching the program, insurance aficionado and expert Brian Yeagle. Katie Pearl, hello and welcome to the program. We got a boatload of agents watching the show. He says five percent in twenty twenty four. Yeah, it may have a five in it. Uh, I I hope he's right. I just think you're going to be looking more at something, in in the sixes for next year. But uh, look, I I may be wrong, and we're, we're going to find out next year when we sit down to do the show uh, December of of next year. I think our inventory will increase, but our inventory is not going to increase. I think the volume of buyers will outpace anything as far as inventory coming on on the market. We are going to be sticky with inventory, in my opinion, any type of normalcy or balance, uh, I think, for many, many years to come. Roger West watching the program. Um, Roger, I'm going to get to your, your comments here in a matter of moments. Before I do, I want to highlight, because I'm trying to keep this in order. They're coming in fast now. Um, let's go to Larry Ellis. He says, Woody, put me onto this show. He loves the show. Awesome. He says this, I wanted to see if you guys think, although prices have been steadily increasing according to your chart, do you expect prices to go down no. as the sales numbers decrease? No, like Coach B was just talking, he, he's very optimistic on what he thinks the rate are, rates are going to do. I would say very bullish. Uh, regardless of what the rates do, I think the amount of buyers are going to outpace the amount of inventory, meaning pricing is going to continue to go up. Uh, I don't see us going down or even normalizing on value or prices right now. So um, uh, 
if rates do drop that much, I think it's going to become even more competitive than it already is. And it's super competitive still. Oh, my gosh. So. Super competitive. So Buchensky doubles down on his comments and says, it. I am right, baby. Okay, love it. He says 5% in 2024 in the 5% range, not 5%. Okay, well, that's a, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I'll ask for clarification. Let's bet a bottle of bourbon on Let's, this one. Well, you're betting with Michael Buczewski right here. and I don't know him uh, personally. First Heritage but, Mortgage. But, but he is um, uh, a baseball guy, right? Ba- yeah. He's a basketball coach. Basketball, okay. Coached his kids, but his, his, his job, he pays his bills. He's damn good at it. Michael, I'm giving you some props here. He's a mortgage broker with First Heritage Mortgage, has a fantastic reputation. Pushed a deal through for Denise Ramey uh, over the last few days. Um, what's, what specifically are you saying, Michael Buczewski? Are you saying it's going to be in 2024, the rates are going to have a five in front of it, or do you want to drill down to something specific? For example, if I put an over-under at 5.5, yeah. are you going to say, are we going to see under 5.5 in December. 2024? By close of business, 2024, will we see under 5.5 Coach B? As the average. Uh, I don't want to say as the average. Okay. Will people, applicants with good credit that are one of the best qualified applicants be able to obtain a sub 5.5 rate. Well, why don't Dude, you just tie if, it to the Freddie or Fannie Ray? That's, that's, you can tie it that way. Yeah. If I see sub 5.5 by close of business 2024, I get off the stacks of equity we have and I put it into play. I would do that. But, but this is what's And going, that's what Zillow said. Yeah, but I think, I think Zillow is wrong. I, look, I mean, Zillow basically saying what he's saying, that if we get into the mid-fives, people with the equity are going to put their houses into the, but, into the but, game. But, gentlemen, this is starting already. And my prediction is, is once this starts stabilizing and going backwards, the people that are sitting on the sign lines on the buyer pool that can afford it are going to jump in, sucking out inventory oh, off, off of it. 100%. So so even when you hit this 5.5 magically at the end of the year, and, 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 and I, I, that may actually happen. I just don't think you're going to see the inventory get to such a level. I just did some quick math from 2020, October, October, November 2020 versus October, November 2023. There was a 56% drop in volume in sales, but there was over a 20% increase. And I used average, average price on that. There was a 20% increase. In prices, this trajectory—if you take a look at that slide I did—and I predicted this—I think next year you're going to start seeing kind of a, a crossing. You're going to start seeing inventory kind of stabilizing or staying down, but prices are going to pass that, and we're going to have a crossover. And I think we—I think we're going to see it in December that you're going to see a crossover where the inventory is going to continue to drop, prices are going to continue to rise. My my bet is three to six percent this time next year is the range we're going to be at. 3% to 6%? Yeah. That's quite a range. No, no, no. Year over. Increase in value. Okay. Value increase. Increase in value. Okay. Buchensky says this. It depends on the program. Government loans, yes. Conventional loans, conventional loans, 5.99-ish, give or take. Prices will not drop. They will get higher once rates drop. So we will be back in a really competitive buyer's market. His better half, SHB, Sarah Hill Buchensky watching, she's a realtor. She says there's literally almost no way to catch up on inventory. So simply lack of inventory versus buyer demand, prices are not going down yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you'll, you'll, now, now, let's add a little context to that. Micro, micro markets will matter, right? There's Absolutely. certain markets. So, so let me ask you a question. You're all, all over the area. Do you see some, some areas you work in, let's say Nelson County, not to pick on Nelson County, but do you see Nelson County more stabilizing in prices? Is there anything out there within our footprint that are, you're not seeing a rapid increase or, or going backwards? We're seeing increases everywhere. Nelson is slowed down. They have slowed down quite a bit. Um, it's not, I think people are less likely to take riskier positions right now because they're not sure what the market's going to do. And it's costly. Yeah. Nelson's always been sort of a, 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 an outlier. It's a second home market because of the, um, the, um, wintergreen and and, and that stuff. But, um, but in the end, I mean, um, we're not seeing as much appreciation there. We just got, we just did a, a package of, um, private work over there. And everything's it's still appreciating, but it's not appreciating at, the, at such a, the, the same change that we're seeing in interior Charlottesville. Um, 
I think people are, are done speculating. I mean, the secondary market, second home market and short-term rental markets really slowed down. I mean, we're not getting as many calls in with people interested in having short-term rental property uh, appraised right so now. So you're seeing that slowing down? It's slowing down. Really? Yeah. Do, do you think what, what our bet's going on, the city zoning rewrite that would happen in December, you see a spike in that in 2024? Well, I mean, effectively, liquidity is, to get capital yeah. now is so expensive compared to where it was a year ago yeah. that, you know, I think folks are, when you're at 3%, 4% as an investor, it's almost interest-free money if you know what you're doing. But as it's gotten higher now, people are going, you know, I'm not, I'm not willing to take as much speculative risk. So, um and a lot of lenders out there are not wanting to lend on short-term rentals the way they were. I mean, I, you've got hard money out there. You've got cash buyers. but uh, And cash is still king. But um, we're just not seeing as much. We, got, we, we had one of our tenants um, that approached us um, before Thanksgiving and said, we want to buy um, the space we're renting from you, Jerry. And I said, I'm open-minded to it. You know, everything's for sale. Sure. Right? Everything's for sale. They went to um, multiple brokers. Uh, to get a loan to purchase, they had to put down 30%. Yeah. 30%. Yeah. And then they were coming at a rate that was a point to point, almost two points above where the, uh, a good buyer with a 30-year fix buying a residential house. Mm. And they were not as sophisticated as, because this was their first jump into commercial, and they did not realize that it was extremely different from... Oh, yeah. Uh, whole, I mean, there's yeah, a whole show. Still pursuing, in, whole show into itself. It's a whole different, whole different world, and and uh, you're spot on. You know, a it's it's minimum. If you're if you're super lucky, it's twenty percent down. I'm starting to see deals between forty and fifty percent down right now, with with uh, anywhere between one and a half and two points. And generally, construction money, uh, excuse me, investment money, commercial money is usually tied to prime. Yeah. And Prime is a little high, so right now. Um, let's get to some of the comments here. Roger has this question, and he doesn't want to get political, but he said that how is the election in November going to impact things? He's specifically looking for Woody's take on this. He says, I'm not trying to be political, but will political parties or who wins the presidential election have something to do with what happens? He says that I believe... Um, it depends on who the presidential nominees are and who wins, and he thinks that's going to influence so the economic talking, climate. We're talking November next year. We're talking, yeah. I mean, no, and, and we're now, what, 11 months from that, Woody? Yeah, I mean, the bigger players in the market, between what's going on overseas right now with, with the conflicts that we've got going on, uh, of course, petrol affects everything. The election, I don't know that it affects as much as people like to make it out to. I mean, I always go back to 40 years ago. You know, I mean, if, if uh, uh, Jimmy Carter would have stayed in pres would have stayed in office, um, things. I don't think it really changed anything, right? Um, right now, I don't know that either party because both both of the major political parties right now are essentially the same thing with just different branding. Uh, and is it really going to matter to the overall market? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we've got, a, we've got a dark horse candidate running right now with Kennedy in uh, who's going to pull votes from both sides. And, again, I don't want to get political either. Uh, that's not what the show's for. But, I mean, if that guy uh, stays in the race, it's really going to destabilize the race on both sides. Destabilize. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, will it affect <laughs> rates? God only knows. I mean, that, that, that's a big old crystal ball there that I don't, I don't, I don't know how to work that one. Uh, Buchanski, you want to, Michael, you want to touch on that? First Heritage's finest. Kevin Higgins, we'll get to your comments. Keith so, Smith. Yeah, so look, I, as a general rule, general big rule, federal politics generally do not impact local real estate markets. The state races and the local races impact them impact them more than that if we're focusing on interest rates and all that stuff look we just we just we just talked about it you know not to be overly insensitive about it but you know if we're somewhere between five and a half and six and a half that is below the national the average from 1972 of 7.1 percent it's kind of the norm where the world usually is the business is going to be done and transacted back and forth but 
it's the inventory problem and, and look it's just economics 101 we just don't have enough inventory to go ahead and do that while you guys were talking i was trying to take a look at albemarle county and just break down the million the 750 and up market because they just changed the jumbo amount right mm-hmm. and i want 26 and change and i wanted just to see what that was looking i didn't quite do that before i jumped in so i'm going to continue to yeah, go back to guys. roger's question really quickly i mean usually virginia uh gives because we have our major Senate race just before the, pre- the year before the presidential race, the way timing works out. It's generally an indicator of what's going to happen. It's a bellwether. I, the, for the first time in my adult life, I'm going, I don't think this one's going to actually represent what's going to happen. If things stay the same between the candidates, I, I, if things I, stay the same, you're saying Biden-Trump. I, I, That's yeah, what you're saying. I, I think Biden-Trump, and I think Trump's going to take the election because I don't think Biden's electable. And I think... Are you actually predicting that? Huh? Yeah. Well, wow. wow. Buchensky says, I'll get political. The feed is blowing up right now. Okay, he says this. The market was getting better. Powell verbally stopped it, stating we want to leave the option open to yeah. raise rates. This was a political move. Reason, they want to time it so everything improves in the run-up to November so the current administration can say, look how well we are doing. Same, this, hap- this happened in Obama's last term. Unemployment was high his entire presidency, so the most part, and then for the most part, and the month before the election, it dropped dramatically. Then after, it went back up. He says it's a shell game. Buchensky getting political in the comments right now. Uh, I, I appreciate the take and authenticity from Coach right there. Yeah, so you want to touch that, Smith? Uh, you know, Smith's not going to touch that. Smith's not going to touch that. There's, uh, there's, there's three rules, right? But look, the, the reality of it is <clears throat> elections do matter, right? To coin our dear friend Neil Williamson, it, it does matter. I think local and state matter more in the housing space Absolutely. than, than the federal do, does. Now, now, there are things called executive orders, and there could be executive orders issued to try to impact that. But generally, as a rule of thumb, on the federal side, it generally does not have a huge impact on it. Now, what I would be curious about Coach B, because as I'm crunching numbers here, because what is right now, um, I have a 800 credit score, very low debt. I have no credit card debt. You know, like a Fannie Mae product. What are we at today at the 30 year? Because you know, I think he may be closer than I'm admitting on the on the federal product, right? So the federal government can't impact that, but technically they're separate, right? It's a separate organization, right? The Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac is a separate organization. It's not supposed to have any impact from the administration on that. Where am I living in a la la land on that? Well, I mean, they're government-sponsored entities, so they're actually private corporations that are quasi-public whenever it suits them. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's sort of back and forth on that. But, I mean, um, I mean, what they do in the GSEs should not matter to what's going on from, or what's happening in the federal government. Those are two different things. Sandra Hard giving Woody Fincham some props right now. Thank you for watching the program, Sandra. Um, comments are coming very quickly. So this is a good one from just down the road in North Downtown. Uh, and Buchensky says 6.99% to 7% for conventional. Uh, on the Fed side, on the, on the federally backed side. So this one's right down the road in North Downtown. So right. are you boys saying that when rates drop, we're going to get back to COVID insanity of inspection and appraisal Wait. waivers? Possibly. And multiple offers? To the point you have to make a decision within 24 hours? I mean, you're going to. Thank you for that question, G. Back to a market where highest and best is going to be super important. Um, I mean, you're going to have to be able to close the deal and, and guarantee the, the, the seller that you, you can make the transaction happen. So, I mean, Keith can speak better to this than I can, but I mean, I. I it That's wouldn't, right. I am a real estate agent. Yeah, I, I, I don't. It would not shock me whatsoever <laughs> yeah, I, if we I, get well, back to We've been that. talking about this for a while. I, I really, I, you know, unless there is some. some Miraculous spike in inventory, right? You know, I, I, I think in micro locations, you're going to see, you know, if, if Coach B is right, and, and, you know, he may be righter than, than, than I'm thinking at this point, um, you're going to see these buyers come in. Now, sellers are sitting on the sideline waiting for interest rates to drop, right? Because we got this golden handcuff thing that's on them but the balance is just going to continue to be out of whack 
on it. And, you know, as even though more product is coming on the line, more homes are coming on the line, more buyers are going to come on the line. And, uh, you know, the likelihood of the ins going back to what, what I call the insanity is pretty strong. I, I, I'd give that an 8 out of 10 possibility. 8 out of 10. I really will. If, if we get to that 5.5... And that's what I'm trying. That's what the point I've been trying to make here is the smart money, right? As soon as this interest rate stabilizes and starts working its way down, the people that can afford it are going to jump in the market and start buying. I've already seen it by the phone calls that I'm getting right now. Yeah. They're going to stop it. They're going to jump in and buy, and they're going to start sucking out whatever inventory is. And they're going to be sucking out the inventory based on the six things, right? Location, price, features, condition, and timing, and who's on the other side matters. And I just don't think it's going to be like, you know, the, the kid that put his finger in the dike, right? It's mm. just not going to mm. hold the water, the water back. I think these, these buyers are just going to come in in droves. This comment is a good one. How about the folks that have to sell their home to utilize their equity to buy the next one? Where do they stand, and do they even have a chance? I mean, I've gotten at least a dozen phone calls from realtor colleagues over the last couple of weeks where they're getting ready to go into listing appointments and pitch. And uh, they're like, well, you know, I've got this property in this subdivision, and the, the seller is $50,000 too high walking into it. And so he, he, believe, he or she believes the house is worth The house low. is overpriced. Yeah, they're trying to overprice it right out of the gate. And the agents are starting to pump the brakes on it. And they're calling Good. folks like me and they're saying, hey, Good. what's your expert opinion on Good. what we should be doing here? I mean, is there really support to, because we don't want to list it too high and then leave it on the market to, to just sit. So, and, so one of them is our agents. And I'm, I'm happy to share with everybody. Uh, Candace uh, Vandalinda joined our team, our partnership, so she's on our partnership. But she was telling me yesterday in the meeting that she went ahead and uh, 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 reached out to you on a property to do that very thing. Yeah, she's one of the ones I just talked to. Yeah, definitely. So, so those agents out there, like we're doing the right thing here, reach out to Woody. You have a program that you can do this with that go ahead and um, bring in uh, your expertise yeah. to help because – Let's talk. Let's be real about about this. So what's happening is is the seller saw me sell my house for twenty thousand dollars. I'm picking a number over what I listed it for. So therefore, that's what the price must be. Right. The prices of the homes are not going down. They're they're stabilizing their increase, and so they see this twenty grand and think, okay, well then I'm going to ask for twenty thousand over that. And that's when this that's when this market gets a bit unrealistic. Yeah, does that make any sense? It does. I mean, uh, consumers oftentimes think they understand what has happened in a transaction. I can't tell you how many times we've come in dealing with a situation where a, a potential seller is going, you know, um, this property over here, our property is just like it, and it's that property sold for $50,000 higher than anything else in the neighborhood, and then they're quoting what it was listed at, but what it actually closed at was a different number. Um, so they're not using great data, and, you know, they're, they're putting the, uh, the listing agent in a bad spot because the listing agent really wants to take on the listing, but they don't want to combat with the uh, or, or, or have too much discourse with their client. So they usually will call us in to come in and say, well, let's get a third party involved. And, you know, we'll, we'll end up support, 90% of the time we end up supporting the listing agent's position on it rather than the, the seller's position on it. Uh, and we it, sort of help iron the, those wrinkles out. It, it does them. that help? Does that work? Does that help? Does it's it amazing to me that a consumer will not listen to the listing agent, but they listen to the appraiser on it. Um, I, I just always chuckle at that. Uh, that's what happens nine out of ten times. Now, sometimes you get a hard-headed consumer, and they're just like, you know, I don't care what the appraiser says. I don't care what Zillow says. I don't care what the listing agent says. We're worth fifty thousand dollars more than everything that any data can support out there. It happens where, where consumers do that, uh, unfortunately, and those are usually the ones that end up not selling their property, or they or it sits there and it gets yeah. sticky, sticky yeah. on the market, which we're now just talked about. Mm -hmm. The days on market is is climbing, not dangerously high, maybe kind of trying to work its way yeah. towards average. Well, the market's just transitioning in that direction, and I think it's a seasonality thing. Once we get to March or so, we'll start to see that to tick back down if things stay the same. Uh, this comment's come in, and, and Buchensky highlights the utilization of a bridge loan for people that need to sell mm -hmm. their home to buy the other one. He says First Heritage does that all the time. Kevin Yancey in Waynesboro says, uh, oh, Kevin's got a little bit of a bearish to him. He says, so explain the rationale. 
people are complaining about how much groceries and gasoline cost. The same folks are not Airbnb-ing and are selectively traveling when, when they do. And then inv- when are investors going to cut their losses and dump their liabilities? So he's talking about these rental properties. Is that what we're talking about? I think about? that's what he's talking about. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and actually, I think, I think that's a small... No. Very tiny. It's tiny, but... but or and. Uh, so. You can say but. You're a grown man. But. But. Um, the... I don't know. My wife would disagree with you on that. But... Listen to your wife. Hey, thank you. <laughs> what is wrong with saying the word but? I don't know. I'm just trying to trying to get better with my language. So the the old silver bullet, silver buckshot thing, right? So this this mom and pop large investors, the numbers aren't working. They're going to start putting some homes in the market. We just don't have a huge percentage of them here, right? And it might be a half of a BB in that shotgun, that silver buckshot on it, but it has to be all these different pieces to go ahead and move the needle forward, and it's not going to move it need, the needle forward. I will tell you, I just broke down 2023 versus 2022, 750 and up. Um, so the average, I used average instead of median, uh, thank you, sir, <laughs> I smile over there, uh, was 1.9 million in, uh, in 23. In 22, is 1.33. So we actually went down a, w- a bit from that 750 and up right. year over year. This is the full year. No new construction. Uh, 750 and below, uh, we went up. So 23 was 493. 22 was 477. But you know what was it? I found interesting, Woody? The spread on the, on the 750 and below is pretty much almost the same numbers between average and median. Not the same on the 750. Well, once up. you get up into the bespoke and luxury market, uh, that really, really, the more expensive real estate, the properties are more uh, disparate. I mean, because taste varies so much. It's a smaller pool of data, so the outliers, that's why median would actually work better than average, going back to math class here. But um, if you're using average, you're going to have the outliers are going to pull you in different directions depending on where the bulk of the sales are going to be at. We're about two to $4,000 yeah. difference between the two years, between average. I mean, it's pretty spot on, awfully on a, in the, in the 750 and up where we're tens upon tens of thousands yeah. of dollars. Yeah, you're going to have more, more outliers pulling you up on that, that, that more expensive market because the, the estates get really different um, and, and taste really starts affecting what's and going on. And I bet on. you if I plugged in like less than 10 acres, it'd be look even different. Kevin Yancey responds by saying, how many months can they stand zero income? these investors. I, you know, this is what I do, man. And I know a lot of the investors that the zero income is just not happening. I'm not seeing folks with properties that are vacant and unrented. And the folks that are in the Airbnb game, I'll be straightforward, have a lot of friends that are in the Airbnb game. Uh, They're having tremendous success keeping their Airbnbs full. And I'll, I'll also cut to the chase even more. The city is having an incredible difficult time of even monitoring Airbnbs. I mean, folks are running Airbnbs not by the letter of the law, and nothing is happening to them. I think if we were talking about retail commercial space... It's different. That would be a different conversation. Even that, I mean... It depends on the use, I, right? It depends on the use, they're, they're, and it depends on where you, where you are. On, 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 on Kevin's side of the mountain, certain areas, there might be some vacant retail retail space but maybe not, some on route 29 not a lot there's not a ton of vacant commercial around here and the only reason i know that is is because one of the things we're looking at with the regional housing partnership in Almore county is is what does it look like to convert these commercials into residential there's just nothing out there to actually do that with right change the zoning text amendments to allow residential in i think it's a great tool that they should adopt uh, it's a low-hanging fruit, but much like the Charlottesville's uh, zoning text event, excuse me, the zoning rewrite. Um, it's going to have little impact. In yeah. me, in this, it's going to take a wall. Uh, this will be a slow, it's just like the aircraft carrier. It's going to take a long time before it gets up to full speed. Neil calls it uh, evolution and not a revolution. Absolutely. The president of the Free Enterprise Forum, Absolutely. which I think is very, um, very well said here. Uh, here's an interesting comment that's come in. This one's come in um, from Kelsey, who's watching the program, and she says, do the, do the panelists think the loans or the homes that are priced above the jumbo threshold, we're talking about the million-plus echelon, 
Do they think the demand will be there um, at the same frequency or momentum as the homes below the jumbo threshold? No, they're two different animals. We Our firm specializes in, in luxury real estate, and... You know, you're talking about a group of consumers who can basically write a check a lot of times for whatever they want. Uh, they may use a mortgage to do what they're doing, but they're doing it for tax purposes or to take the benefit of having the loan uh, or to just keep their liquidity in the bank. So um, that that market is insulated from what happens in the in the regular market. You know, like you know where I live at, like Monticello, that market's uh, it, it it changes almost seasonally uh, when we're back to a normal market. But when you get into the, you know, the Farmingtons and the upper part of Glenmore and places like that, those are, that's a market that rel- is relatively insulated from everything else. You know, you've got a whole different class of consumers there. 945 homes in Glenmore, three, count them, three yeah. on the market, literally yeah. right now. Yeah. That is a, a percentage of what? I mean, what is that? We're, we're talking about... It's zero, essentially. <laughs> yeah, essentially zero. And the, one of the three is just priced incorrectly and has been on the market for months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other two are within the 60-day marker and, yeah. and still, you know, considerable for, for purchasing. Keith's got something to say. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was quickly trying to take a look at Lake Monticello while you guys were, were doing that because you know how much I like trying to do... Lake Monticello, and the other thing that I'm going to be able to do while you guys are asking, answering a couple other questions, back on this Albemarle County 750 and up this upper end thing, I want to take a quick look at how much of those were cash so far this mm. this this year. To your point, uh, I think you're going to see that you know the quote unquote look. Luxury market, and I'm not so sure 750 is the luxury market. I don't think so. I, no, mean, I don't no, think it's, it's not. a. And I don't think it's a million is the luxury I market. I do not think it's, I think new, it's a million five now. We're seeing VA loans for you know upper middle class. I don't know the right demographic word to use anymore. At nine hundred thousand dollars, people are buying what I would consider to be pretty middle of the road stuff. It's new construction. It's nice property, uh, but it's not. Uh, it's not super luxury. Uh, it's not the luxury property. So so on this January fifth show. Right, we're going to take a look at what the real averages and medians are, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, on it. And my suspicion is, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be in the north of five hundred thousand as the average and, and potentially the median and, and the car footprint right. on that end of it. So seven fifty, I don't I don't count that as luxury. So I what? think luxury is now a million five and up. I mean, you have many you have homes that I'm I. I love the MLS, I love data, homes that are well over a million, million one, million two, million three, where you're talking about homes that need new kitchens, new roofs, yeah. That's exactly that right. gutted, that you would, That's people exactly. will gut. Yeah, it, no, yeah, I get it. Neil yeah. Williamson watching the program. We love you, Neil. Thank you kindly for watching the show. So here, here's the question for you, and it sounds like Keith is looking this up. How many of the, the houses in this echelon are trading with all cash? And the follow-up, how about sales in the area that are all cash? Well, that, that's what I'm looking at, sales. So we'll know because we'll, we'll know what trades on it. The, what we need to do is pick a number, gentlemen, right? So am I doing 750, 850? Sure, do 750 to start. To 750, okay. Yeah, yeah I, that would be the... I pivoted, uh, to, I pivoted to 1.5. I, I always go back to, because we do a lot of VA loans. I'm going to pick 850. Um, and the reason I like to use VA as a good indication of what's going on is because most of the time when we're de- dealing with VA, we're dealing with people who are no longer in service, they're retired. So they've got a, you know... They may have a good income from their retirement and whatever they're doing for a living now, but they sort of go middle of the road with most of it. But I've seen a lot of above eight hundred to nine hundred thousand dollars in these types of uh, VA loans, where you know they're buying new construction and they're spending eight fifty, nine hundred, nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. Well, look, I mean, decent, you know, new construction right now. Unless it's a townhome, which is definitively going to have a four in front of it. Sure. Right. A single-family detached home. That might be light. I would agree with that. Mm. Um, uh, a new construction single-family detached is going to have a, an eight in it, which will be light. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's kind of the minimal, minimal end, end of it. Yeah. I mean, you look at North Point and Galaxy. Uh, what's the neighborhood there off of 20? Um, oh, uh, you would have to do that to we've, us. We've done several VAs in there over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, that those... That right where you're talking. So Almar County, single-family detached, no new construction. Oh, wow, this is interesting. No new construction, right? Um, 
total sales year to date two fifty six. So that's eight fifty and up. No, I took out new construction because that's going to really skew, yeah. skew it up. So there was two hundred and fifty six. This answers the question. Two hundred and fifty six sales. One hundred twenty of them were cash. Yeah, that's bananas. Yeah, one hundred twenty. You're talking cash. basically fifty percent. Yeah. By the yeah, way, it's four VA. Did you hear what he said, viewers and listeners? Year to date, what was the price threshold? So I did eight fifty this time. I, I did. I, I think seven fifty is too low. Yeah. So I did eight fifty and up. Eight hundred fifty thousand dollars and up. Almaro County. Almaro County for existing construction. No new construction. Single. Two hundred fifty six sales for single family detached homes. Of those two hundred fifty six, a hundred and twenty were all cash purchases. That okay. that makes a statement right there. Yeah, I'm just double checking. I got everything clicked off right because I'm doing this live. So yeah. yeah, sold, detached, Albemarle County, eight fifty and up, zero one zero one two three to twelve zero one two three. So there's no sales of clothes today because it's ten o'clock, eleven o'clock in the morning. Uh, Two hundred and fifty six, um, average one one point three six five, medium one point seven five. Average days on market 40, medium days on market 5, and then i got to switch to another report because this takes... That's bananas. That makes a a statement right there. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that... Now, you know what? 120. 120 They wouldn't even go and refinance after closing into a loan product because the rates are too high. Those are straight-up cash purchases, right? Yeah, so uh, interesting. Five were were arms, which I don't get, but um, 120 cash, 117 conventional fix, so that's your traditional... 30-year mortgage, uh, one owner financing, by the way, Um, seven other, which we don't know what that is, and four VAs, VAs on it. What do you make of that? By the way, by the way, um, to kind of touch a little bit on on the the commission topic. Yeah. Um, So there's another stat that they have in here, so it's called co-op sales. Yeah. So out of 256, 225 of them were co-op sales. So there was a very... Break that down. Well, basically, there was... Um, I'm just going to round the numbers, 250 versus 225. So there was 25 sales that did not have an agent on the other side. It only had one side, one side of an agent, which it clearly says the market requires two agents, right? Because otherwise you wouldn't... But that doesn't say playing devil's advocate for the sake of a talk show. That doesn't say what the buyer's agent commission is. No, no, this is just this is just. It just co-op. says that there was a buyer's agent. That's it. It this doesn't show how the buyer's no, agent no, was compensated. No, no. Well, actually, I, I could do that, but that, that the show would be over before I figure out. I would take out. some drilling down. I, I get it. That's uh, Paragon right there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, your favorite platform over there, right, Kisa? It's, it's what the one I got to work with. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> the one I got to work with. You know, the good thing, look, I, I throw a bit of shade on it every once in a while. The good thing oh, it's about great data. The, the thing about it is it's highly pliable, and you can, you can do what we're talking about on that. Some of these other slides that I do from these other platforms I have, I can't manipulate it at all. Right. Manipulate is the wrong choice of words. I can't drill into the data anymore. It tells me what it is. Filter. Yeah, filter. Filter. Like they, Neil they, Williamson, they, the, pres- the president of the Free Enterprise Forum, is watching, um, and, and he's interacting with Kevin Yancey in the feed. I'd love for you to give your take to uh, Mr. Williamson on... DZO that's right around the corner of being approved. I think Keefs can actually win our prop bet here, and that could be approved in 2023. Your thoughts on how the DZO or the upzoning, the new zoning ordinance in Charlottesville City, is going to influence things, Woody? I think you're firing a BB at an asteroid. I mean, it's not going to affect it greatly at all. The only thing that's going to affect our market here locally is for us to open up some development zones and actually have some new dirt to build on. Um, this is an incremental evolution versus revolution. I, I, I like the, what Neil says there. Uh, I agree with it a thousand percent. I mean, we're talking about a very small change in the overall market because, I mean, how many properties are actually going to take advantage of this? Um, some will, of course, but, you know, is it going to make affordability better here? Absolutely not. I mean, why would a, someone invest, you know, $150,000, $250,000 into a property, changing it over so they have a, another unit or two for accessory dwelling units, and then not charge the most premium rent they can get on Bingo. it? Bingo. Right? I mean, there it is. rent's at a premium now, and it's continuing to go up. I don't see is that really changing. Is it continuing to go yeah. up? Are you yeah. seeing that? Rent is going up. It's interesting. Up. Nationwide, it's not. 
No, but here locally, here it is. It's they, going up. We're a major university town. Yeah. I mean, and nationwide, it's actually stabilizing. And with all the research going on here, and all the professional jobs that are happening here, Engic is tooling up. We've got the data science school tooling up. We've got all this other stuff ha- happening over the next you know few years. It's just going to continue to stress the market, and rent's going to remain at a premium. Because we're not built, there's no way we can build enough new construction over the next couple of years to satisfy the well, demand. You just, get Very it, well you, you just won't get it approved. Well, it's just, it just will take. Yeah. What, what, there's two, two entities that are on the hot seat here, and those two entities are UVA and Almaro County, because the city's got no more dirt for development. Right. Almaro County's got is is throttling the development to five percent, and the University of Virginia is basically playing the game. We're the economic driver of the region. We're doing our part. We don't need to do anything else. So those are the two entities on the hot seat over there. What are you looking at over there, Keith? Oh, I'm just trying to see what the percentage of sales with cash from 850 and up and 850 and down. I mean, playing devil's advocate for a second, Charlottesville could become part of the solution, but it would require air right development. We We have to go up vertically rather than staying horizontal. But no. there's no appetite for that, and it's never going to happen, at least not in my lifetime. Um, we want to keep that Jeffersonian overlay. I get it. It's part of what makes our, our region so charming and, and lovely to live in. But, I mean, that's the only way Charlottesville changes that. Uh, Albemarle changes it by horizontal development. We, we've got to move out into some of the rural areas and start, start you know, turning up some dirt for some new houses. Well said, Woody. What would you find there, Keith? Uh, so uh, 25% of 850 and up were, were cash sales. Mm. So I have, I'm, haven't worked on the 850 and down what percentage of that, but I just was curious while you guys were chatting how much of the sales above uh, above 850 were were in cash. Ben Lynch, welcome to the program. Hey, He's ben. a realtor in the game. Nicholas Erpy watching the show right now. He's Thank also you kindly. one of our new team members. Thank you, partners. Ben Lynch, one of the new partners of Yes Realty Partners. The team at Yes Realty Partners is growing. Props to them. Props to Um, Yona. Props to Yona. (laughs) Viewers and listeners, if you have comments, put them in the feed. We'll relay them live on air. Uh, This is a good question for both Woody and Keith. Do you expect the volume with rates dropping to return to any level of COVID? If so, what year of COVID? Oh, no. Great question. Wow. COVID is a a once-in-a-generation thing. I don't think we'll ever get back to it. We'd have to go down to where we were rate-wise again, and that's not going to happen, I don't think. Um, I mean, my crystal ball is still very murky, but competition is going to remain very high. Inventory is short. Prices are going up. So it's still going to be a a competitive market. I just don't think we're going to be back to where we were two years ago. the short answer is no. Is Coach B still watching? Uh, Coach B so is... I would, or somebody, we can take a quick look Let's at see, it. See, hold uh, on, I'll let you know. What was the average 30-year interest rate in 2015? And I think it had a four in front of it. Um, I may be wrong. We'd have to take, somebody would have to go take a look at that real quick and do that. I got but, it. Um, the reason I'm asking that, so if we're matching sales to 2015, I haven't had an opportunity Excuse me. To look at what the thirty-year was at that particular point in time, what, did we able to? Uh, let's see up? here. I got a thirty-year chart coming up here in a matter of moments. So we're looking at two thousand and fifteen average. Okay. Uh, you are I, looking at yeah, right around four percent. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So so we are at two thousand and fifteen volume of sales at four percent. We are now at seven and change or below six, depending on which which program. Yeah, under, and we're still at the same volume of sales. So we're, let's call it two points on, on the light side, which is probably closer to three points, yep. higher than we were in 2015, and we're at the same sales volume. That's, and, oh, by the way, you're, you jumped from uh, average, you jumped from 284 to 480. Now, keep in mind, the numbers I'm quoting you are everything, right? This is both sides right. of the hill, Buckingham, all product, all product types. But we're just looking at ratios at, at, for this for this conversation. Twenty twenty, which we would call the height, we were at twelve hundred and seven sales, closed sales in October and November of twenty twenty. We are now at seven hundred and seventy six. Deep Throat uh, says this. He's watching on Twitter. Apartment list data has Charlottesville rents flat since March of this year. Yeah. Latest data is November. Deep Throat, yeah. thank you for that intel. So he's a 1,000% right. The multifamily, and, I, and to be honest with you, I got some pushback from some nonprofits I 
I'm part of that want to get active in the multifamily. And I'm telling you, I think you need to tamp that down a little bit. I think we're over. Because you say there's a glut. Multifamily. Oh, goodness, I don't know if I agree with no, that. No, no, no. So, so we got we to gotta split that in half. And I'd love what the doc, if, what, if Deep Throat can Deep either, Throat's not a doctor. Okay, if Deep Throat can, can either share my opinion or not. I think the multifamily units are going to stabilize in pricing. The single-family detached and townhomes are going to have incremental increases, very minimal increases. I don't think you're going to see that flatter going backwards. Because all you got to do is look at apartments.com and look at the SFDs and the SFAs and look where they're going. But I think the apartment buildings, quote unquote, I think you're going to see them either flat or drop a little bit in 20. You buy that? No. I don't buy that. I, okay. Now, multi, I've got to separate something here. I'm an expert in one to four units. So when I talk multi, I'm talking small investment. Yeah. We just got done doing a package of 47 of these things. Single family rents are going up. They're continuing to go up. Now, when you get into the five-plus unit multis, that's, you're getting into institutional investors there. I'm not an expert on yeah, that. Yeah, so, so I'm, the, the world that you're talking about, zero to six and all that stuff, I'm putting that in single-family yeah. small uh, uh, projects or sizes. When you start getting into, because in order to build, and I know a little bit about this, yeah. in order to build an apartment complex, multifamily apartment complex, you've got to have a minimum of 100 units to make it work minimum really need to be closer to 125 150 125 is kind of the break-even point right now to make this work and you need light tech money i mean it's extremely yeah. complicated and oh by the way the runway is like very long for it so so when you are looking at these larger projects so it's like a report i just read about brokerages right 12 and under in in agents are super profitable that's the wheelhouse 80 and over yeah. are profitable. Everything in the middle is not making money. Right. So that same philosophy. There's a lot in that category. <laughs> 95 to 97% of, are the in the middle. of the real estate brokerages in this country are not making money. Yeah. Um, th just think about that. Oh, uh, not agents. I'm talking about brokers. Oh, I know. But you've also highlighted the, the stat on agents themselves. That's correct. On the show. I think we're about 7% make six figures and over. 7% of realtors plus or minus. Plus six or figures or over. And it really depends on how you divide your math up, right? It's under 10% for sure. Uh, I think if you drill into it even more, you can get that number a little lower. But, but the reason I use that as an explainer is that's the same thing in multifamily, right? Sure. So, you know, the smaller, units, yeah. the smaller units will do well. The larger units, are, I think you're going to see them getting flat around here. Um, comments coming in. The, uh, guys, I really appreciate you offering comments. You're shaping the show over here. Which This is a good one. For Woody, which of the jurisdictions locally do you think will have the best price appreciation in That's 2024? Probably Albemarle, if I had to guess. I mean, Albemarle is, is, is the anchor for, this, for our entire region. So uh, watching it uh, over the last decade, I mean, it, it, that's been the case every year, I think. So. That, that's a 10-ton elephant in the room. Yeah. It's, it's, it's generally that second week as far as value goes. Mm -hmm. Second would be Charlottesville. And the rest get kind of close, right? Well, then you have to start dividing the markets up because you've, like, let's look at Louisa, for example. When you're in the western part of Louisa, it's a whole different world than when you get into central Louisa and, and eastern Louisa. Because uh, once you get to the eastern part of Louisa, you're really in the Richmond MSA at that point. But when you're on the western part, you're still in the Charlottesville MSA. So, I mean, um, everything you have up. a listing in mineral, and that's exactly right. It's very interesting. We have a listing in mineral, and I have not had any local real estate agents show it yet. Mm. I got everybody from Fredericksburg and Warrington and Warrington uh, from Richmond. And it's, <coughs> it's very interesting. Fed chair, Fed chair Powell uh, literally addressing the world and the nation right now. This literally just came across the ticker 90 seconds ago. He says talks of cutting rates are premature yeah. and more hikes very well could happen. Yeah. Look, I've said this for a while. I think he wants the housing he industry. He is live right now. I think he wants the housing industry uh, or ecosystem to, get a, to feel a little bit more pain. I really, I really, I think that's the outlier. If you pull housing out of the CPI and the inflation number, it's actually closer to where he wants it to be. Well, it's a pendulum, right? So they've got to get enough momentum on that pendulum to push it past where they want it. Because they always go too far, no matter which they, direction. They always start a year too late, yep. and they always stop it a year too late. It's yeah. always been that way since I've been 
been in the business. Well, ever, ever since Volker, yep. uh, that, that, exactly. I mean, they, they learned from Volker, you got to overcompensate in order to make it work. Bill McChesney, welcome to the program. Um, Woody Fincham, you will be guest hosting, right? Yes. Uh, what day are you guest Friday, hosting? Friday, next week. Next week, uh, Woody Fincham guest hosting for the viewers and listeners that are watching the show. Keith Smith has got Lisa Sturtevant on January 5th. At the moment, that we've, 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 we've penciled it in. We might tweak a little bit based on her schedule because she's in very much so in demand. The chief economist of Bright but, in but the But she's agreed to come and see us. We're, we're right now penciled in the 5th of January. Uh, this also flew kind of under the radar. You had um, some fresh news to report on YRP expanding. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. We, we've got two uh, great, awesome folks that joined us, Candace Vandalin and Ben Lynch, and uh, we're excited to have them. We're excited to move into uh, 2024 with them, and uh, we're excited to, uh, you know, Yona and I love coaching and mentoring. We just love to help and coach and mentor awesome folks, uh, move the needle forward, and we're excited about it. It's already, they're already in the last couple of weeks of the needle's been moving forward for them. So we're so excited about doing that. Yes, Realty Partners is expanding with two realtors yep. um, coming to the team. A couple more questions here. This one's a good one for Keith. Where is the new development going to happen that he is seeing? Well, we've, we've kind of talked about this a bunch of times. You know, you're going to see more units come out of the ground in Greene County because there's a ton in the pipeline. Right. But then it's going to stop. That's our shadow inventory right now. That is our shadow inventory, right? It, then it's going to stop. There's a, you know, the project in, in uh, Fulvana County called Colonial Circle. You've got 200 single family attached and detached. You might know a little bit about that one. I right? know a little bit about that one. And then, the, well, look at you, huh? <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, beginning of the first quarter, they're going to start going vertical with their SFDs and SFFSAs, single family attached, single family Is detail. Colonial Circle ever going to do anything about that ugly water tank that sits right there oh, on brother, the street? don't even go down there. <laughs> did you do that on purpose? Yes, he did. I drive by that every day. Yes, I hate that thing. Uh, you guys I, met. I, when we're all fair, we'll talk about that, but I have visions of a particular painting on that water tank that I can't talk about on air. Brian asked this question about Lake Monticello. You guys talk about this neighborhood all the time. It yep. seems like inventory is not moving that quickly. Why is that the case? Seasonality is returning. I think you're, you're, we're, we're not going to be back to what we considered a normal market five years ago, but we're, getting, we're heading in that direction right now. And the shocking thing is, is you have uh, a few listings at the lake right now in the 200s that are not moving. Yeah. So why, what, what, let's, let's pick that apart here for a second. Why, I'm looking at it real quickly, well, how many homes are in Lake 13. One, two, three, yeah, four, Yeah, okay, I got to take five, out new, you got, that's without six, new construction, right? Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, I got eleven 13, if you take 14, new construction 15, out. 15, 16. Uh, if you take uh, paper houses, you're at uh, 13. Mine's showing 11. So okay, well, let's, let's go see. with yours, 11. Let's, we'll let's, go with Paragon. Yeah, yeah, let's see if I, yeah, that, that's accurate. Okay. Yeah, so um, what do we got here? We got two set, 259. Started at 279, dropped to 259. Got a 275. Well, my lowest number is 259 yeah. at 18 days. The 275 is 11, 317 is 23. Then you got this something out there, 111, which clearly something's not. 259 is uh, the Gunnels Group. You yeah. got quick at 275. Yeah. So look, let's focus on 11 first, right? We took out all the new construction. We got 11 homes for sale out of 4,300. We got 11 homes for sale out of 4,300. And the the, the struggle at this certain price point, we talked about this the other day, right? That's why folks like ISC is so important, uh, interstate service company, to help folks get houses ready. The, The buyer who's buying 259 at 7%, or six and a half. Is at the top of their price range? Well, they don't have the capital. Yeah, they're at the top of the price range to do remodeling. They don't have residual cash to make improvements. They right. don't have residual cash to put in. And, I, and I'd have to, I have to look at that. I'm going to look at the one that's on for 133 days at 339. Um, you know, that, that, there's clearly something, you know, 133 days at 339, there's something there. I don't know the home well. I'd have to go and, and dig yeah, into it. There's a very good. nice one at 8 Fleetwood Drive for 599 yeah, uh, yeah, listed one. by the talented and yeah. very intelligent and beautiful Jonas Smith. Yeah, there you go. 
Jeez, I, I, if you think I'm going to say anything about that, you're nuts. <laughs> it's a fantastic house. It's beautiful. Other than it's a fantastic beautiful. house, and, and happens to adjoin somebody else's house that happens to live in this, live sit at this table. It's a fantastic yeah, home. Yeah, but look, I, I think at that price point, you know, you, 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 if you if you if the home isn't spot on, you don't have a new roof. Your HVAC system is done. Again, I could just can't make enough plugs for ISC into service company. Bring somebody like that in and get it done. Bring in Pearl and get it certified. These they yeah. they bump it by five percent, right? And it will help sell sell the home. But having all these pieces of the puzzle together matter. But as Coach B, if Coach B is right, when that gets closer to to five five, those houses are going to go. Well, if he's still watching, and I'm not smart enough to do the math in my head, it, it, there's a formula there that as the interest rates drop, you can afford more, right? Obviously. Right. So I think, I, I just think some of these homes might just have a little bit more features to go ahead and, and check. Uh, Woody Fincham with some closing Conditions. thoughts mm-hmm. on the Friday edition of Real Talk. We're looking forward to you being a guest host a week from today. Um, any closing thoughts for you, Woody Fincham? Uh, just happy to have uh, been able to be here today and answer some questions and, and, and just chop up some re- local real estate. Um, if there's anything we can do to help any of the folks out there watching, uh, any of my agent colleagues, if you're dealing with a difficult listing, let us know. We're happy to try to help you and advise you as best we can and uh, always happy to answer questions. You mean difficult client? Eh, difficult. No, difficult questions as well, so. I was just kidding. I was trying to get you back somehow. Well didn't said. work. Didn't work. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for filling in for me when, when we're gone. Thank you for everybody for putting up putting up uh, with me for what, five he's good, years. He's going to be at St. Martin's. Uh, he's going to be traveling to a uh, warm island leaving I tomorrow. I am. I was thinking this morning, boy, it's cold. Yeah? It's not going to be warm where you're going. It's going to be warm where we're going to go, and we're, we're very fortunate and blessed, and thank you for everybody giving us the opportunity to do this, that we can take our children, our grandchildren, their, our son-in-laws, and spend Christmas with them a little early and celebrate birthdays and all this fun stuff. So we're, look, we're looking forward to it. Oh, you're taking the family with you, so that means there won't be any uh, stray pictures of you in a Speedo on the beach, son. Oh, no. <laughs> That's two. That's terrifying. <laughs> Look at you. That's hey, terrifying. by the way, hey, it's a French island. Maybe, maybe Speedo. French will... island doesn't even need the Speedo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speedo's that's even made... more terrifying. Thanks, now I got that in my head. <laughs> more terrifying. I'm trying to give you something to walk away from on this thing. You've been so well behaved, and then the last He's a minute, natural on the show. Last minute, you zing me with two things. Thanks, he's, brother. He's a natural. Guys, Woody Fincham, Keith Smith, Judah Wickhauer, Jerry. Miller. The show is Real Talk with Keith Smith. It airs right here. Uh, it's archived on realtalkwithkeithsmith.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Keith, you enjoy that vacation? We'll be working. We, you know, we, we'll, we'll be putting in a couple hours and we'll be watching too. Maybe, maybe I'll watch live and give a couple of zings on, through the feeds. I'll, give me an opportunity to think a little bit about you it. You absolutely should. Um, the I Love Siebel Show, <laughs> my you, friends, man. is up in approximately one hour. Thank you kindly for joining us and so long everybody. Take care. Very well done, boys. You're going to let us know.